Thank you so much for joining us today on YouTube. If you haven't already, go ahead and click that subscribe button down below so you can stay up to date with all that Church on the Hill has going on. If you haven't already, also follow us on social media, either Instagram or Facebook, both Church on the Hill and our senior pastor, Pastor Adam McCain. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the message. We are in a series. This is the second week of a series, The God of Miracles. He is a God that does miracles. There may be other, um, other religions and other things that people worship, but that, that person died and stayed in the grave. But we serve a Lord and a Father that sent his son Jesus, and he resurrected. He's a God of miracles, and he does miracles in our lives every day, not just in the Bible, but all the time. So I'm so excited about that. I'd like to read a little intro about the series that we're going into, that, that we're um, doing part two today. The subject of miracles is an exciting and uncharted territory for much of the body of Christ. As members of the kingdom of God, we have divine access to the God of miracles to know him and to experience this explosive aspect of his nature as part of our relationship with him. In this series, we'll look at what the Word of God has to say about this subject, as well as talk about very practical ways that we can walk in the miraculous on a daily basis. We want to be people of faith who live according to what is written and who flow in the power of the one that dwells within us. In addition to developing this point doctrinally, we will also be sharing many powerful miracle stories that myself and others have experienced. It's not just words on a page in a big old book. It's a transformed life that we've seen in our lives and the lives of others, and that we believe God wants to continue to do in all of our lives. Amen? You know, recently I've become fascinated with this lady named Martha Stewart, What's kind of funny is that she really, you can tell, is extremely opinionated and is doing her best to hold back, but she's really not very good at it. And every time somebody asks her a problem, she says, how's your dirt? And they say, huh? How's your dirt? And so they, they go and look at the dirt, and the dirt's hard, the dirt's crackly, the dirt isn't. And she said, how can you grow anything without good dirt? She said, if you can't put your finger in it, then you can't put a flower in it. And I thought, you know what? Let my heart be good dirt. Let my heart be a place that whatever God plants in my heart, it grows, right? And so as we're cultivating a, the, the power of miracles in our lives, let's till our hearts. Let's let the Lord get down in the dirt of our hearts and till it up. That way when he plants miracles, they grow, they sprout, right? Amen. Raise your hand and say, I want to have good dirt in my heart, right? Let's till the ground here at Church on the Hill so that in our community, we're, we're a, uh, we bring hope, we bring light, we see miracles, that we can become people who live miraculous power and a belief in our living Savior. Let's be ready to receive. The scripture that this whole series is based on is Mark chapter 10 and verse 27. It says, Jesus looked at them and said, with men, it's impossible but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. All covers all. With men, it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. When we think about thriving through this time, maybe you've been furloughed. Maybe the, the numbers aren't going to make sense, and it's going to be impossible to have a great Christmas ahead, to have a vacation this year. But the Bible says what's impossible with man is possible with God. We're living in a nation right now that has such turmoil, such strife. It's impossible to think that we can have peace 
in our hearts, in our community, and yet what is impossible with man is possible with God. Amen? Let's believe God for the impossible. I love that. You know, last week we talked about Zacchaeus. Pastor Adam talked about Zacchaeus and that God could fix not only our brokenness, but the brokenness of the people in our lives, that there was no person too far from the hand of God, for God to touch and God to change and transform. As Keisha mentioned earlier, we're going to be doing a series. The ladies are going to start this week reading Priscilla Shire's book, God is Able. A few of you may have picked it up. I know I was listening to the audio, and now I'm going to come back around and read it. It's an incredible book, and it just really has begun to transform my heart and my mind to believe that God is able in anything that we're facing, that he can do the impossible. Amen? So it's with that I would like to share session two, part two, of the God of miracles, that the Lord can do beyond what we can imagine, beyond anything we can imagine. Ephesians 3, verse 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to, not our power, his power at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I love that scripture. Amplified says it this way, now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and super abundantly, that sounds like an 80s word, super abundantly more than all we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church. Whatever you can imagine, God can do more. Whatever you're believing for, God can do more. Whatever you hope God does in your life, God can do more. Whatever you're applying your faith to, God can do more, more than you can imagine. The scripture in context is written, Paul wrote this to the church in Ephesus. And Ephesus was a city that would be like the New York of today. If Rome was Los Angeles, Uh, Ephesus was New York. It was actually built thousands of years earlier by the Amazon. So Wonder Woman built this city. I mean, how cool is this place, right? It was built by the Amazons, and it was a place of commerce and learning. So if you lived in Ephesus, you thought you were the best. You thought you had everything at your disposal. They had theaters that held 50,000 people. Can you imagine the acoustics of a building that could hear 50,000 people could hear what you're saying at once. There were works, marvels, uh, wonders of the known world were built there in Ephesus. They had literally dug out a port because they wanted ships to come in. And most of the Mediterranean came in and out from this place. Everything you had, everything you needed was there. So as a result, you had Greeks, Romans, Jews, Gentiles, everyone coming to this one place, all bringing their knowledge, all bringing their wealth, And it was a place of prosperity. And it was in that place that God brought revival, that the church of Ephesus was birthed. And at first, that was a very exciting time. But then guess what? The church became counter to the culture of Ephesus. And all of a sudden, the the word that was being preached was different than the beliefs of the Romans and the Greeks and things like that. So persecution began to come. So what used to be done in the hand of man and was all done, all of a sudden, there's not, they're facing the different challenges. They're facing persecution. They're facing economic persecution. And Paul says in that moment, but God can do more than man can do. 
they're struggling to get along because of their belief systems. But God can do more than man can do. And Paul said, not just more, immeasurably more. More than you can ever ask or imagine. So if you think about what obstacles they were facing, what obstacles we were facing, the Lord wants you to know that he can do more. You know, it was interesting as I thought about the word imagination, I thought, is that even biblical? I don't know. I mean, is that okay that we use that word? Is that, maybe that's hocus pocus. Maybe that's mind control. Maybe that is humanism to talk about the word imagination. But can I tell you that imagination originated in the Bible? That we use words like creativity, and we're okay with that. Vision, ideas, thoughts, those all come from the same place. God created a little part of your brain called the hippocampus, if you're a nerd like me and like that kind of stuff, that was made for dreams and memories and imagination so God gave you an imagination. I love being around kids. Is anybody in here under 18? I see a couple of you. I love being around kids with an imagination because it's not what the box says Legos should be, but it's what you can imagine that they can be. And then somehow in life, we're told it's time to stop imagining. Our imagination becomes a negative or a bad thing. But imagination is a God-given gift to begin to take an imagination and apply it to God's promise and have hope and from hope to have faith, and from faith to have belief in the power of what God wants to do in your life. When we apply it to God's promises, then we see God's power and God's miracles in our life. Amen? So I, but the, the, the enemy also uses imagination. So our imagination is actually a place where spiritual warfare occurs. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Strongholds where? In our mind. Casting down imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. There are thoughts that come in our mind faster than we can process many times. And many times those thoughts are of fear, they're of doubt, they're of worry, they're of um, terror even, but those thoughts are a vain imagination that the Bible says we are to cast them down. We are to put them aside and replace them with a promise of God because as we imagine God's promises in our life, that's when hope comes. That's when faith comes. That's when the belief comes that God can do more. Amen? The concept of imagination started with our God, and what greater example than to start in the beginning? creation. The very first verse, Genesis 1, chapter 1. Genesis 1, chapter 1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You know, it's funny, as I first read this, I think about God as more of a general and a commander or a project manager who's telling everybody, do this, do that, do this, do that, and they happen because he said so, because he's got so much authority and so much power. But God is our creator, he created the world. He didn't execute the world. He didn't manage the project of overseeing the world. He created the world. I love that. And in verse 2, it says, The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. For some people, it's easy to hope and imagine, but maybe you've been through a lot, 
And maybe when you describe your own heart and your own soul, it sounds a lot like that, formless, empty, dark. And if that's the way you're feeling right now, hope can come today because God imagines more for you than you even imagine for yourself. And so even if you feel like you have a relationship in your life that feels empty and void, God wants to create miracles in that situation. If you feel that you're at the end of every situation, at the end of your career, if it's empty, if it's done, God wants to create something new today. Amen? He here to, he's here to do miracles today. And God said, who was he talking to? He was talking to the Holy Spirit and Jesus. The Trinity's there. He says to them, let there be light. And God saw the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And there was evening and morning the first day. Again, for years I've read this scripture so much like the Lord was commanding it. But I really, my imagination thought of it a little different way. That they said, you know what? Let's do something. Let's make light. Let's make day. Oh, that's good. Let's do more. What else can we do? Um, let's make sky and let's make seas, big seas with crashing waves. Oh, yeah, that's good. But, but wait, let's make land, but not just flat, barren land. Let's make mountains with snow. Let's make beaches. Let's make swamps with mosquitoes later. Let's make jungles. Let's make, let's dream of what, let's imagine what this beautiful earth can look like. Beautiful, beautiful earth. They the Lord created it out of that thought. In verse 11, then God said, let land produce vegetation seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit. Think of all the different fruit. You ever gone to Sprouts and seen fruit that you can't even pronounce? We, we bought a something. I don't know what it was. It wasn't a dragon fruit. Jicama. My, my husband is into jicama right now. He learned how to say jicama. We're so happy. He called it jicama for a while. But now he says jicama, and he makes a killer jicama french fries. You should ask him how to do it. So, He's proud of his jicama. All the variety came from the imagination of God, the mind of God. God saw it was good. And then he said, wait, wait, we're not done yet. How about sun? How about moon? How about stars? So one day this little couple can walk along and look at the stars and talk about how much they love each other. Yes, it's us, babe. And then it says in verse 18, and God saw that it was good. God's imagination for you is good. His plans for you, his promises for you are good. The enemy's plans for you are not good. So when you have those vain imagination, that's from the enemy. Not good. Go. God's plans for you are good. Verse 20, and God said, let water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the waters team, and God saw that it was what? Good. Recently, our family had the chance to go scuba uh, snorkeling, and it was so fun. We had our masks and our goggles, and we hop in the water, and the first fish you see, everybody freaks out. We saw a fish. We saw a fish, and it was, it was blue, and, and I popped up my head, and I asked the, the guy with us, I said, what fish is that? What kind of fish? He said, that's a parrot fish. So I went back down in the water, and I saw another fish. This one was green and red. So I popped up and said, well, what kind of fish is that? He said, that's a parrotfish. 
I'm like, okay, and we go back down, and we pop back up. So many colors, so many varieties. We even saw a shark. That was a little scary. Didn't plan to see that. But, but all of the creatures, the Lord didn't make just one fish. He imagined the seas teeming with fish, the skies teeming with, with birds, the, the earth teeming with animals. Think about giraffes and elephants, the imagination that the Lord had when he created the world. And he put in you, when he made man and woman, and when he made man his own image, he put in you the ability to imagine, the ability to imagine beautiful and great things. And that's our heart. That's my heart today, that God begins to unlock and dust off the part of your, your mind. You may have had a part of your mind that was good at thinking and singing or working and producing, but guess what? There's another part of your mind. It's a part that imagines it imagines that you can come home to a happy home. It imagines that, that you have a workplace that you enjoy. It imagines that, that you know that the calling of God on your life still exists. And it's not over and it's not done. It's not always, it's not always scary, right? But as we begin to imagine, we hope. So we have to apply that imagination to what God has for our life. I want to tell you four ways that we're going to do that, four ways that we're going to apply our imagination to the miracles that God has in our life, because he wants to do more than we can ask or think. But to do that, first, we need to ask and think. So we're going to think about the miracles in your life. Number one, imagine the impossible. Imagine or imagine the possible, because what's impossible with man now becomes possible with God. Miracles start when we first imagine what God can do. Then, once we imagine it, we begin to point our faith and our hope and even our actions in that direction. When we begin to say, Lord, I, I dare to believe. I dare to imagine the possibilities. When that new coworker shows up and they're in sales, so they're that person, right, that pushy salesman person that comes on. And where do your imagination go? Oh, no, we've seen one of these before. Here they come. We're going to have this problem. You begin to imagine the problems that you're going to have with this person, right? So I challenge you this morning, imagine the opportunities you're going to have. Imagine that that person actually came into your life because the Lord put them there because great things are going to happen. Because when we do that, we approach that situation with hope and with faith. And, and so, number one, until you are imagining the impossible, you haven't even begun to activate the miracles in your life. As long as you're living in the safe zone of your own ability, like the Ephesians living in their own ability, I can handle that. It's safe. You haven't even begun to step into the miraculous power. You don't even yet know what God can do in your life. You know, uh, a year, uh, two years ago, um, our, our church went through some, some really crazy times. One of our precious, precious worship leaders, Anna Karen, she's there at Mansfield. Anna Karen, um, they got pregnant. She and Marshall got pregnant with their first baby. And uh, they were all excited. And then they finally shared it with everybody, and everybody was excited. And then on Miracle Weekend of 2018, she lost that baby. She lost that baby on Good Friday. And on Sunday morning, she was here worshiping her heart out. And we're all just weeping because we knew what she was standing in in that moment and the pain 
of the promise gone in the baby that she had lost. And, and she stood there and she worshiped, and there was such a sacrifice of praise in that worship. So the months went on, and they got pregnant again. And, and it got to about October, and she began to have some complications. So we have a staff meeting on Tuesday mornings, and, um, and the Lord put on my heart, pray an impossible prayer. Pray a prayer that's not possible with you, but, but possible with me. And I took it, and I, and I told the staff that moment, I said, I challenge everybody in this room, pray an impossible prayer and write it down. And then we have a screenshot of my notes on my phone. And this is me, do we have that up there to put? I think. This is a screenshot of me, and you can't really read it. We can zoom in for the next time. But it says, I, 10.49 a.m., I am praying Anna Karen carries full term on this baby girl on October 30th, 2018. She was not even first trimester. We did not know if she was having a boy or a girl. But in my heart, I begin to imagine that baby, and I begin to see that baby. Was I right? Was I wrong? That's not the point. The point was I was connecting my imagination with God's promise and miracles. And I imagined, which I do every single time someone is, is potentially miscarrying and struggling, I imagine angels following them around, holding that baby in her stomach everywhere they go. Is that scriptural? I have no clue. But that activates my faith and my hope. And I pray like there's no tomorrow for that baby and I prayed for that baby girl. And you want to see her? Her name is Joanna. There she is. Hi, Joanna. In that moment, our imagination with the promises of God and our faith and our hope and God's miracle, not our ability. This is not human. This is not human thinking. Don't get that wrong. This is God's miracles. But he wants us to be a part of those miracles. He wants, to get, he wants us to get to join in the fun of seeing great things happen. But we have to imagine the possibilities. Take that moment. Take that time to imagine that. Number two, relinquish your rights. What stops us from imagining God's miracles? Sometimes it's pride. I don't want to love that person anymore, Lord. The Lord says, imagine Loving that person. Imagine a good relationship with them. Nope. I don't want to. I'm tired. I'm done. It's over. I'm out. I've, I've written it off. That's not what the Lord has. He has more. He can do more. Imagine it. I dare you. I dare you to imagine what it looks like to have hope. What it looks like to want to get up tomorrow and want more that God has for you. What holds back our hope? What holds back our faith? Many times we do. The fear. What holds back you stepping out and making that proposal? Fear. Fear. Our own fear of how it could play out. We laugh in our whole family. Our whole family rehearses conversations in the showers. If you walk past a random bathroom in our home, someone's talking. And you're like, what are they doing? They're imagining what, what could happen. They're playing the scenario out in their mind and out loud. Right? So imagine what God wants to do in that situation. And then lay down your pride, lay down your fears, and say, I trust you, Lord. But, but, but I've tried, and it doesn't work. I've tried. I tried to be nice to that person. I tried at work, and it didn't work. See what happened. Try again. 
Try again. So what? So you get embarrassed. Lay down that right and believe the impossible. The impossible would be that the two of you will become friends. The impossible will be that God promotes you. Okay, let's believe for it, right? And let's see his miracles. Relinquish our rights. I made up this saying. I like it. So without hope, you have nothing else. But with hope, you need nothing else. All you have to do is say, Lord, I imagine a better world, and I believe you, and I'm going to act as if. I imagine that when I come home today, we're not going to fight. We're going to get along. I'm going to picture what that looks like. And guess what you're going to do? You're going to hope, and you're going to believe that's the case. Number three, hunt down the promises of God in his word. Hunt down the promises in God's word. This is not Googling 17 inspirational quotes to make you feel better today. This is about getting in the word of God and saying, what does the word say that I can imagine how that applies to my life? Our missions director, Erica Byler, is amazing. And one of the things I love most about Erica is she's a planner. We never worry. Everything's taken care of. Everything's planned out when it comes to a missions trip. Well, for all my planner friends, do I have any processor planners in the room? Any planners out there? All the planners can't stand when things are not completely in their control. It's a little bit difficult. And recently, um, Lance and Erica were selling their house and buying a house. Well, anybody that's been through that, you know, oh my goodness, it's crazy. Paperwork and closing costs and closing deadlines, and you feel completely out of control in that moment. And just when you think everything's great, something comes along, and an appraisal's not what it's supposed to be, or something silly happens, and it's a time when you can feel very out of control. Erica shared the other day that the Lord put Exodus 14, 14 on her heart. It said, the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. The context of that scripture had to do with the Israelites in the book of Exodus. Erica wasn't there in Exodus in Israel, was she? But guess what? She took that word and she applied it to her own life and said, I will be still and I will believe and I will rest knowing God is going to fight my battles for me. God's got it under control. What scripture are you standing on right now? What scripture are you applying to your life? Sunscreen only works when you apply it. Scripture only works when you apply it. It's great to know that it's out there, but when we make it real, And part of our world today is when we see those miracles happen. Number four, reimagine those promises applied to your life. Just like Erica did, we have to apply them and reapply them and reapply them. You know, as I potentially approach 50, I will neither confirm nor deny that that is possible. Um, I am fascinated with anti-aging creams. I am happy to find anything out there that will uh, stop the, the downfall. Um, but guess what? You can't just do it once. Over and over and over. We reapply. So God puts a promise. You said, I tried. I, I imagined that I was going to actually have a conversation with my spouse, and it was not going to end in World War IV. I imagined it, but it didn't work. It didn't happen. Guess what? Reapply. Reimagine because every day things will get a little bit more and a little bit more, and God's miracles will come through. Will come through. Amen. The book of James warns us not to be people who simply read the word but don't apply it to our lives. So today and tomorrow, we have to imagine the word of God active in our life. 
The next time you go to open Facebook, don't imagine you're about to get in a fight with somebody. Imagine that just maybe Facebook will be what we originally intended to be, where we had friends and not enemies. Wouldn't that be great? I would love that. But imagine I'm here. I'm going to step into this world to bring encouragement and hope. I'm going to walk into this place because I'm going to encourage somebody today. My friends that walk into life looking for those opportunities, they find them. You're like, how does it always happen to you? Because they're looking for it. Because they know that God's scripture and God's word is active in their lives each and every day, and they get to apply it. They get to be a part of God's miracles. Imagine picturing God's word in our lives and then having the fortitude to keep going over and over again. Fortitude is mental and emotional strength in facing difficulty, adversity, danger, or temptation courageously. If you thought you signed up for a Christianity that would never have challenges and never have conflicts, someone sold you a bill of goods. We were placed in this earth to bring hope, to bring faith, to bring healing, to bring miracles. So guess where you're going to go find those in places that are challenging? Guess where you're going to bring peace in places where there's turmoil? Guess where you're going to bring God's word in places where there's fear? We can't, we can't run to it, away from it, right? We have to say, Lord, I imagine that you're going to use me to do big things in these situations. Amen? Um, fortitude is our strength. Miracles is his strength. Both of them together, and we see a world transformed. You know, this, the neatest thing happened to me last Monday, recently. I love talking about how miracles happen right here and right now. A number of years ago, my amazing, handsome hubby bought a little investment. The challenge was the only way to get that investment was to have the password that went with it. Well, normally um, I keep all that information somewhere, I'll admit, but this time not so much. So for the last few months, we have not been able to find this password. Um, And so we thought for sure it was somewhere here and somewhere there to no avail. What are you preaching back at me? Okay. I tell him he can't preach back at me from the front row, so... So we started our, our week, and, and we sat down, and, and we said, let's talk about the things that are kind of big in our world, right? The big worries. Monday's our day off. It's our day to kind of catch up. And so we begin to list the big concerns and the big worries. And for me, one of them was finding this password because I had never seen where it was written. I had hacked every one of his emails. I had tried everything, could not find it anywhere. And so as I was um, running an errand or two, I said, Lord, help me find out, help me know where this is. Speak to me on this. And I remembered the scripture in Luke 15, where a widow had lost a mite, had lost a coin, and she tore that house apart, finding that coin, because it was of great value to her. And I said, okay, Lord, hey, me today, not a widow, but this is valuable, and I need to, I need, please, Lord, help me know. And as I just continued to pray, I saw in my mind a place in our house, a place that I'd been to over and over again as recently as about two weeks prior to that and never had seen this piece of paper. But I thought, I wonder if that's where it is. So I went back to that place and I opened it up and would you know, sitting in that box was that piece of paper. I was shocked. But, but, and I was so excited, yes, and then disappointed that it wasn't nearly the investment I was hoping it was. So doggone it, no. <laughs> 
But when you take a scripture or a parable or a story and you apply it to your own life, the Lord wants to show you how that miracle just wasn't for her. It was for you. It's for us today as we apply those in our lives. I'm so excited that we're moving into this series of miracles because I believe we're not only doing a series on miracles, but I believe we're moving into a season of miracles. I believe that God is opening our hearts and our minds because he wants to do more, Ephesians 20, more than we can ever ask or think. With, you know, then again, that just didn't happen in the scripture. One of the amazing couples in our church, they're small group leaders, Roxanne and Michael Chapman are incredible. And I was talking to Roxanne the other day and I asked her if I could share a bit of their testimony. They went through a season where she had lost hope for her marriage. She believed that what they had was all they could have. And, and the Lord put on her heart Ephesians 3.20. And I didn't even know that when, we, uh, when I asked her if I could share this. As, and that's my key scripture. It's the key scripture, the book the ladies are reading together in our small groups. But she said, I begin to imagine that God wanted to do more in our lives, more in my husband's life. She began to think of him for all that God had for him, not just the person that she was married to in that moment. She began to imagine their marriage together as more. And do you know, God began to do it. She began to commit to that and apply her fortitude, her fortitude plus God's miracles. And if anybody gets a chance to know them, they are one of the most precious couples. The blessing to us, a blessing to anybody that gets to know them. But she said, Lord, I'm going to dare to hope and dare to believe and dare to apply faith. And so as we wrap up and close today and as the network pastors start to come forward, I have one question what do you imagine God can do? I dare you. What can you imagine God can do? Hey guys, wasn't that a great word today? You know, I'm so thankful that the word isn't limited to a Sunday morning at a certain time or the four walls of the church building, but it can go through whatever time you may be watching this, wherever venue you might be at. The word of God can minister to you no matter where you are. You know, if you're interested in partnering with what Church on the Hill is doing, not only locally, but globally, you say, I really want to invest with that, with Church on the Hill in advancing kingdom business. And you can do so by partnering with us by sending a donation to P.O. Box 3815, Cedar Hill, Texas, 75106. Hey guys, we love you. We look forward to seeing you again.